We're going to talk tonight about a brand new subject. I gave you a little bit of a taste of it last week from a Dominion camp meeting service. But tonight, we're going to get busy with it right up in here, totally live. And we're joined by Stephen already in India, Claudette in Jamaica. Are you ready to get started on dreams and visions? Dreams and visions. We're going to talk tonight. You can be seated, those of you that are here. Goodness gracious. Hallelujah. Shout dreams and visions. Now the message tonight is going to deal with the language of heaven. Dreams and visions are the language of heaven. We are the generation destined for experiential revelation and manifestation of the glory of God. So what, everybody talks about the glory. What is the glory of God? On my Instagram and all the social media, which sometimes when I comment, I'll say glow, G-L-O-R-A-Y, glory, glory. It's not just glory, but the glory of God is the manifested tangibility of God. If it is tangible, you can feel it. I wouldn't give you 15 cents worth of nothing for a God that I didn't feel. When Pastor Chris hits that vein up here and the Holy Ghost comes wrapping down the harness of God out of heaven like fresh rain, I feel God. I know his presence. Austin calls it presence, but it's really presence. We're going to talk about the language of heaven. Would you like to be, you know, if we went to some of these nations that I just read off. Hello, Pastor Brian and Miss Natalie Bolt, you powerhouses of God. We love you. Thank you for joining us, great City Harvest Network pastors. If you're a part of City Harvest Network, let us know while I'm teaching you tonight. Now, I'm going to do my best to teach you because this is so exciting to me that I, I just want to explode with it. The language of heaven. If you went to one of these, we call them foreign nations, but they're really neighbor nations. Let's say you went to Sweden. I've gone there many, many, many times. And let's say you went there and everybody was speaking in Swedish. They have a language that you don't understand. And the way a whole lot of people live, I come to the full realization and revelation that they don't understand the language of heaven. Wow. Do you understand that heaven has its own language? I'm going to talk to you about it tonight. How many of you would like to learn it? All right, let's start in Job the oldest book in your Bible. Some folks say, let's start at the beginning in Genesis. No, that's just the one they placed first. The oldest book in your Bible, written the second millennium before Christ, is the book of Job. 
Job chapter 33, verses 14 through 18. For God who speaks once. Who's speaking? Who's speaking? God. You want to learn the language of heaven? God speaks from heaven to earth today. We are that generation that must learn the language of heaven, which is very often expressed in spiritual dreams and visions. But since we're spiritually dead because we're led by our head instead of our spirit, we're out of calling distance. We don't have the interpretation. We don't even realize that angelic hosts have to fight through principalities and powers and every now and then an angel will break through every bit of that with a message from heaven for you but you miss it they say things Dr. Canfield they say things now he would say don't call me doctor but because he doesn't you know he didn't go to a university somewhere and they called him doctor well, I'm the spiritual authority, the apostolic voice in this house. And I can tell you that that man has earned 10 PhDs. And just because he doesn't have some piece of paper hanging on the wall saying it, I know he's a doctor of the Word of God. And I'll call him doctor if I want to. He's a whole lot more doctor than a whole lot of folks that stick one after their name because they went to some class somewhere and listened to some guy teaching because he was teaching because he couldn't do it. That man has sat under this anointing and helped me build the kingdom of God around the world for how many years? 38 years. Don't tell me he's not a doctor. Hallelujah. Man, I want this church full again with everybody coming to church and the saints of God shouting the glory. We are that generation destined to experience, shout that word, experience the manifestation of God's tangible presence. Now, I must preface everything else I'm going to say regarding dreams and visions, that there will be people that hear, that hear a portion of what I'm going to teach you over the next three weeks, but they will only hear a portion. They will hear the experiential part. And in their flesh and in their soul, they will begin to try to operate in spiritual dreams and visions. They will become a blight. Don't let that be you. Because you cannot just have the glory. You have to have government. I'm not talking about Washington, D.C. I'm talking about the Prince of Glory, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who the great prophet Isaiah prophesied, the government shall be 
upon his shoulders. I'm talking about kingdom government. So you, I'm, I'm going to just flip you out. You are supposed to be operating in spiritual dreams and visions. Yes, you. Say me. But if you attempt to operate in that glory, in that revelation, in that demonstration, without having the basis of government, you are a tinkling brass and a sounding cymbal. So let's not be that. All right. So what's the language of heaven? Dreams and visions. Type it. The language of heaven, dreams and visions. Here we are. Job 33, 14 to 18. For God speaks once, yes, twice. What he's dealing with here is the double enunciation principle of the kingdom of God. He did not just say Saul. He said Saul, Saul. He did not just say Simon. He said Simon, Simon. The sweet psalmist of Israel did not just say Lord. He said my Lord and my God. Whenever there is a double annunciation, you know that God is saying to you, I refuse not to get your attention. So you feel like God never speaks to you. The fact of the matter is God never stops speaking to you. Now, whether you hear it or not, that's an entirely different thing. You ever get your cell phone out of calling distance? Too far from a cell tower? Well, you can't use it, can you? So the only people that receive the privilege of the language of heaven being interpreted into their lives in the form of dreams and visions are people that get very, very, very close to God and thereby very far, 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 far away from being in a car somewhere with their boyfriend. From surfing the web 24 hours a day. From spending three, four, five, six, seven, eight hours a day with a cell phone in your hand. There are no dreams and visions in there. Boy, I'm teaching you, man. This is a, I, I can tell right now, this is going to be a master class in hearing the revelation, the voice of God, the presence of God in your life. I'm here to tell you to, tonight, you can have all of it you want. And they sit and look at me. If I told them, you can go to Grater's Ice Cream and have all the ice cream you want, they'd all be clapping and shouting. Because we have belly gods, not spirit gods. 
We have soul gods, not spirit gods. Ooh, you're not shouting now. We must have gotten into a little government. I better jump over here and get back in the glory. Amen. There's a divorce in the church. The millennials who all want the experience. It's all about the experience. Nothing wrong with the experience. Nothing wrong with the glory. But there's also everything right with the government. God says, do it my way and I'll bless you. So if you avoid a blessing, maybe you're doing it like Elvis, Presley. Maybe you're doing it your way. You don't even know who Elvis Presley is. Look it up on Google. And if Google can't find it, try his girlfriend, Siri. I'm gonna get through this first verse. You ready? What does God do? Are you talking CHN Pastor Josh Spiley? We love you in Waynesville, Ohio. God bless your heart. Who speaks? Just once? Twice. Yet man does not perceive it. Can you imagine that? Do you know while you lay on your bed last night, God had messages to download to you. Did you get them? You know, sometimes, well, maybe not for you, but sometimes I'll wake up, Dr. Burkhalter, I'll wake up and I'll be quoting a scripture. When they would put me to sleep, when I had vocal cord cancer, Virtually every time when they woke me up, I was quoting scripture. Why? Because I pray before I close my eyes. And I don't close my eyes because I just turned my cell phone off. No wonder you can't sleep. You get into depression comparing yourself to everybody else before you go to sleep. Or you get on there and tell lies for two hours before you go to sleep. You know, got 42 filters. Everybody knows you don't look like that. <laughs> Honest to goodness, sometimes I pull people up. I'm like, who's that? I've never seen that person. Amen. I said amen. Yeah. When you... Get ready to go to bed. I want you to position yourself for the language of heaven. Thank you, God. I'm going to lay down on this bed and I'm going to go to sleep. And while I sleep, I surrender my spirit to you. I surrender my soul to you. May the thoughts and the meditation of my heart while I sleep be pleasing to you. Don't let any evil thought 
penetrate my mind or my spirit or any evil thing. Come near me while I sleep. Do you know why God hates drunkenness? He hates it. Okay, you don't know. He hates for you to be in a drugged stupor. Not because he has something against the drug. He knows that the purpose of those things is to get you out of control of your triune being. And when you do, you open yourself up to every single demon spirit that wants to invade your life and then you don't understand why you do what you do. It happened while you were sleeping. Whew. I'm going to get through this verse. If you're enjoying this, I wish you'd let me know. I, and you online would let me know. Jacob in Kentucky, those prayer lines are there. Some of you know that you've opened yourself up. You're depressed and you don't know why. It happened in your sleep. It happened by your routine before you went to sleep. Parents, parents in this hour of such trouble put their children in bed at night with a, some kind of device. What? What spirits do you think are coming through that? and filling your child's room. And then when they get 14, you think they've lost their mind. They lost it a long time ago. That's the reason Christian parents outwardly train their children, but not spiritually. They train them to obey with the rule of law. And just as soon as they leave your house, they'll go buck wild. Why? You didn't train them how to make right decisions. You made every decision for them. You won't do this, you will do that. Don't you do that. Boy, I'm in a vein. Don't you dare send your child to bed with some kind of device. Send them to bed with you kneeling beside their bed, laying your hands on them, declaring and decreeing the blessing, the voice of heaven, spiritual dreams and visions. Ooh, this is good, isn't it? I got all of this out of her. God speaks once, yes, twice. Yet man does not perceive it. Verse 15. In a dream. Wait a minute. 
God speaks once, no twice. How? Verse 15, in a dream. You don't dream when you're awake. God wants to speak to you. In a dream, second, in a vision, what? Of the night. Now there you see the differentiation between dreams and visions. A dream can be a vision, but then it is called a night vision. If it's not called a night vision, then it, a, it is a vision that is entirely different from anything having to do with your sleep. That's where you're standing here as I was when I was in my 20s and the back wall of that 1,200 seat auditorium that we were filling up five times a week disappeared. I'm looking at it and there is in three dimensions an entire scene unfolding while I'm standing on the platform. Maybe we should find that video and I'll share it with you. You will actually, actually see it happen. You remember it, don't you, Elder? Here's what happens when you have a vision. In un, it, it completely, unalterably changes who you are forever. Forever. A vision, a dream of the night. When? When deep sleep falls upon men in slumber on their beds. Listen, listen to what happens. Next verse, come on. Then he opens the ears of men. How open have your ears been for the last year while you slept? God said, I'm going to come very close to you when you sleep. Of course, he can't get through the TV that you left on and the images of Facebook that are all in your crazy head before you go to bed or the argument in your family. There's so much stuff for him to push through to get to you. It's no wonder you don't hear. God, think of this. I want to hurry, but I can't. God wants to come down and talk in your ears while you're asleep. You want it, don't you? Well, come and get it. Come and get it. Touch I saw his faith reaching out to me. I saw it. Hallelujah. Shout, I want it too. Somebody online, type in there. I want it too. God then opens the ears of men, watch this, and seals their instruction. He didn't say you even knew anything about it. I asked God once. I said, why is it? 
People ask me, how did you do this? When did God tell you that? How did you know that? I have no idea. And I have often said, my life has not had lightning bolts and thundering audible voices. But here's what has happened in my life. My life walking in the will of God was produced by a series of what I thought were insignificant events that simply led me to where I was. In other words, I didn't seek and find the will of God. I got up in it. I went forth that day and walked in it. And I wasn't running around with women. I was in my early 20s doing national broadcasts. And people would say to me on the air, well, don't you have, you know, a problem with young women? I said, no, it's the older ones. No, I didn't. I never had that problem. I told some preacher friends of mine, I must be the god-awful, ugliest thing that women have ever looked at. Because I've never had them chase me. I've never had them. I was in hotel rooms over 200 nights a year. I never did have one knock on my door. Some preachers can't go three meetings without having women lined up in the hallway. You know why? Because they watch the filthy filth on the TV before they go to sleep. When you walk in a hotel room, you better sanctify it. What? When you go visit at the hospital, you better sanctify it or every crazy demon in there will try to get on you. I never did have a problem with alcohol or drugs. You know where you get that? By what goes in your eye gate and ear gate, and then the enemy comes during the night and seals it in you. I'm talking about dreams and visions. And then you young ladies, Go back and you get in your bed and you cry and moan and groan and I can't believe I let him do that. Well, he can believe it. Live holy, young people. God, how powerful is this? God seals his instruction that he speaks into your ears while you are in deep sleep. So then you get up and you walk in the will of God. You just walk in it. I think all my life, God has moved things out of my way. Just move. I've walked in things I've been in places, and honest to goodness, I say, 
I am a hillbilly boy from Eastern Kentucky. How in the world has this happened to me? And God reminds me, didn't have anything to do with you. Had to do with what I spoke into you and sealed in you while you were in deep sleep. How many of you are going to sleep different tonight? Hey! He opens the ears of men and he seals their instruction that he might turn aside man from that man's purpose. That's called the I want, I have a right. Everybody's doing it out of you. It takes all that out of you. Men wanting to be with other men. Go to bed tonight and say, God, purify every thought. Cast out and cast down every evil thing that by my own choices I have allowed into my life. God wants to turn you aside from your purpose. From your purpose. The I wills. How dare they talk to me like that? I thought you were dead. I know when you're dead, all I gotta do is poke you a little bit. Got a lip stuck out so far it looks like a teacup. Ooh. Mm. To turn you aside from your purpose. You know what that leaves? His purpose. And to conceal pride. That green-eyed monster that makes you make an excuse about breathing. Stop it! Stop! Did you hear me? God wants to conceal pride from you. Verse 18, and he keeps back his mind, will, and emotions from hell while you're asleep. Everybody's sitting there acting like, oh, you've heard this a million times. You've never heard this in your life. I didn't get this off somebody's sermon series. Or the internet. Keeps back his soul from the pit. So if your mind's in the pit, this isn't happening. If your emotions are in the pit, this isn't happening. If you have no joy, this isn't happening. 
And I'm telling you, God's formula for absolute overwhelming success in walking every day in his perfect will. And his life from perishing by the sword. When this happens, God moves accidents out of your way. Because just for some reason, you'll decide to go to a different grocery store than the one you normally go to. Like you'll just do it. You won't even think about it. And what you didn't know is that God sealed that in you to keep you away from that accident. Yes, I love you so much, precious girl. Her spirit is in tune. Children see visions all the time. They see visions all the time because they haven't learned as grown-ups that they shouldn't. Ignore that. God talks to infants all the time. All the time. They see visions. They dream dreams. Now, depending on what's in your house, will affect. I'm not telling you. People say to me, well, can I do this? Can I? You can do anything you want to. Anything you want to. You are a free, moral, grown adult. You can do whatever you want. But what I'm trying to teach you to do is how to keep your soul out of the pit. What I'm trying to keep you from is accidents. What I'm trying to keep you from is torment and depression and disease and failure and envy and meanness and anger and wrath and all the works of hell. Somebody wants to get it. I'm now to my second text. Are you ready? In the last days, are you using that prayer line right now? Because I believe some of you need some agreement with what's been going on in your house, with your children, with your spouse, in your career, on your job. You need somebody to agree with you and God's going to start taking care of that tonight. And you won't want to stay up till two o'clock in the morning. You'll be jumping in bed and trying to go to sleep as fast as you can. In the last days, shout we're in, shout we're in them. In the last days, you better be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. This nation has lost its moral compass when we are comparing Hamas with Israel. We've lost our moral compass. That book said, I will bless those that bless Israel. I will curse those that curse Israel. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. In the last days, we're sure enough living in them. We got, we got, we got people lining up to get gas. We got airports shutting down because nobody can get jet fuel. 
four months ago, we were 100% energy independent. Now we're buying more oil from Russia than at any other time. What's wrong with us? We've lost our moral compass. In the last days it shall be, says God. Now everybody get ready to shout. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Shout now. Your sons and your daughters, if you're a son, shout now. If you're a daughter, shout now. Shall prophesy. Move in the spirit. I feel the Holy Ghost. Move in the Spirit, see in the Spirit, hear in the Spirit, act in the Spirit, shout in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, run in the Spirit. Pentecost weekend. Your young men shall see visions. It means women too. Thank you, ladies. Your young men shall see visions. Lay your hands on your belly right now, wherever you are, and say, it is God's will for me to see visions. I will live properly positioned to see visions. Now, thank him for it. Thank you. Are you thanking him for it online? Pastor Nora Akiwumi, we love you in Wilmington, North Carolina. We love Chrissy in Pennsylvania and Dawn in Indiana and Mark in Tennessee and Gail in Nebraska. Blessed be God. Now wait, because I'm not finished. Because the verse is not finished. And your old man has nothing to do with age. Young men has nothing to do with age. Old men has nothing to do with age. Has to do with spiritual maturity. As I said, I've known Christians that have been in church their entire life. Come in here and sit in these pews and say, I have never in my life. I have been changed more in the last 30 days than in the last 30 years of going to church. spiritual maturity. I've seen people sit in a church like this for 30 years and be just as immature as the day they walked in because they always think that the ministry is talking to somebody else. Couldn't be them because they're eating up with pride. Old, spiritually mature men and women will dream dreams. Lay your hands on your belly and say, Heavenly Father, in the glorious name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you that it is your will and your purpose for me to dream dreams. I position myself to dream spiritual dreams and hear the voice of heaven. Now give God glory. Every one of you, 
every single solitary one of you and everybody you share this with. Karen in Mississippi and Lou in Alabama and Jacqueline in Georgia and Brian in Michigan. All right, I'm gonna give you one more verse. One more verse. He said tongue in cheek. Psalm 127 verse two. When God showed me this, I like to lost it in my study. Fury and I had to go outside and walk around. Psalm 127 verse two tells us that God gives his, to his beloved in his sleep. Look at me. What you've always heard is God gives his beloved sleep. That's not what it says. It says God gives to his beloved in his sleep. Yeah, just go ahead and chew on that. God gives to his beloved in his sleep. In other words, you're supposed to have something more from God when you get up in the morning than when, what you had when you went to bed. Jesus got up in the dark. Resurrections happen in the dark. You dream in the dark. Go to bed. God gives, you better write that down, you better type it right now so you see it in front of you online. God gives to his beloved in his sleep. The Passion Translation said, God provides for. <laughs> his devoted lovers while they sleep. The message translation renders it. He gives blessing, blessings to his beloved even in his sleep. Did you ever see that, Pastor Fihas? It's amazing, isn't it? He gives to us in our sleep. Do you know why? I'm gonna give you Pentecost as an illustration you shall never forget. Everybody wants the preacher to line them up and bop them on the head. And they wanna go out in the power. Lots of times it's just a courtesy drop. When Mother Parsley would come toward the Bible college student, she just had to look in their direction and every one of them like cord would because they knew she was coming, carrying that anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that you should be able to give every man an answer concerning your faith. Why do you do that? Why when somebody lays hands, you all shout when it happens. 
Some churches have made a doctrine out of it. They can't have church. They don't think the Spirit of God's moved unless they've got 42 people laying in the floor. Again, nothing wrong with that at all. I've had them where I laid hands on 8,000 people in one night. We lined them up in rows all the way around this building, miles of them. And I laid hands on every one of them. And I don't know that a single one of them was standing. But we have governed. So my question is, why do you shout about what you don't even know why it happened? All of your friends think you're crazy. And they say, well, you, you know, he, you know, he knocks you guys down in the floor. How many of you have ever heard that? Yeah. And we don't know what to say. Pastor, we don't know what to say. Because nobody ever taught us. Why does that happen? Because the anointing, I'm telling you why now. Because the anointing is Holy Ghost possession. Okay, what is that? That means God is a spirit. You are supposed to be a spirit first, mind, will, and emotion second, and body third. But when everybody says to you, how are you feeling today? The first thing you tell them about your body, because you're upside down. You pay more attention to your body than anything else. That's why a girl walks by and you act like, you know, a German shepherd in heat. Because <laughs> you have no control. You have no self-control. You have no mind control. You have no will. You've surrendered your will to your baser instincts. I'm teaching you how to live. Live by your spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You with me? So we lay hands on people, and they fall out under the power. Now, if it's ever truly happened to you, there are many, in fact, some of the strongest visions I've had were while I was truly out in the Spirit. Truly out. Sometimes God will put you in that position without anybody ever touching you. How many of you can help me repeat something that I say very, very often? I'll start it with two words, the apex of all Christian endeavor must become to place the jewel of a soul in the crown of our Savior so that the Lamb of God slain may receive the reward of his suffering. I mean, that's what this is all about. All summed up. Why do we need a youth group, the apex? Why do we need pews or theater seats? The apex. Why do we need a PA system? The apex. Why do we do this? The apex of all Christian endeavor must become 
to place the jewel of a soul in the crown of our Savior. I didn't make that up. I didn't read it. I didn't write it. I was sitting at my desk in my outer office all by myself. Everybody was gone. I don't know why, because there were five people that worked right outside that door, but they weren't there. And then there's another door to my left when I'm at my desk that leads into a hallway that leads into our executive conference room. And I'm just sitting there going through mail. The next thing I knew, I was in that hallway, through that door, in that hallway, underneath a chair against the wall. I didn't walk there. God had something he wanted to put in my ear. So he picked me up like a rag and threw me down that hallway underneath the table. And when I woke up with tears running down my face, I kept saying over and over, the apex of all Christian endeavor must become to place the jewel of the soul in the crown of our Savior, that the Lamb of God slain may receive the reward of his suffering. Over and over and over and over. And so I stumbled back to my desk and I wrote it down. So don't you dare repeat that as though it was common. That was the language of heaven. I'm not like modern preachers that sit around and think up little mental quips to put on their Instagram. The gospel cannot be reduced to an Instagram post or a tweet or a Facebook post or a tip top. Just seeing how many of you use it, that's all. Picked me up. Just picked me up. Why? Why do we go out in the Spirit? Why? Because God is a Spirit, and He wants to communicate directly in the anointing to our Spirit. So He turns our mind off and turns our body off. Ha! Huh. Just like when you're asleep. Hey! For those of you who don't understand, I'm subject to bursts of enthusiasm. Hallelujah. That's what the old folk used to call a quickening. Where something deep on the inside of you gets touched. And it's just, it's a quickening. It's just like, and you just have the presence of God all over. Like I have him all over me right now, just talking about this. I can't wait to go home and go to bed. And I'm not going to listen to everything wrong in the world before I do. 
I'm going to sing that worship song that Pastor Chris and Cameron wrote. Abba, I belong to you. Lord Jesus, I worship you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this body, in this mind, in my will, in my emotions, in my thinking, in my thoughts, in my spirit. You are welcome. And I'm going to turn over now and go to sleep. Cast all my cares over on you. Lay my head down and wait for you to give to me while I'm in deep sleep. Some of you are going to sleep right now. Wake up. I'm not hypnotizing you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just pray in the Holy Spirit right now. He gives blessing to his beloved even in his sleep. Oh, hallelujah. No more tormenting dreams. No more fearful dreams. No more waking up in the night trembling. But waking up in the night, speaking the words of God, declaring the direction of God, having heard the voice of God whispered into your ears. God, visit us, we pray. Teach us to position ourselves to receive the language of heaven, dreams and visions. We resist and rebuke every other spirit but the Holy Spirit. May every thought and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O oh God. We open ourselves to you in the deepest places that we will open to no other, none but you, King of glory, will love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands right there where you are. We have to learn to receive a word from God. We receive it, Lord. We rebuke doubt. We come against unbelief. We receive everything you have for us, laid in us with the voice of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.